Are y'all ready to gather? Gather in growth. Gather with someone who literally is a rural impact coach. I love this so much. She has a farm with her husband and never thought that she would be in the entrepreneurial space. She was a teacher and then she was a YMCA camp coordinator. And she talks about her entrepreneurial journey in such an amazing way. And the revelation that she couldn't possibly be the only woman driving into the sunset to 50 miles of blankness. 50 people live in her town, okay? 50. This is real. It's a real number. I don't even know how it's possible. But she was on this personal development journey. She had this desire to connect with other women. She had a knowledge base to share, but she didn't know that anybody else was in that even mindset until she said yes. When you have an intuitive drop, when God's like, hey, what about this idea? And you never lean into it. You stay in this chasm of what if. And so I love that Emily Ruschel, she didn't say what if, she said, how about now? And in the midst of that, all the what ifs have come to fruition in one way or another. She's a podcaster, a speaker, a mastermind host, and a retreat host. And so we have a lot in common when it comes to the strategy behind our business, but we're teaching really different things, even though we're connected to the openness of personal development. So health, body, abundance, all the things. It's right here in this episode. You've got to listen start to finish because the very end, we get on this agricultural kick. And it is rad to hear about farming and the root of where our food's coming from and the necessity to have this conversation when I've just been talking about chicken coops and bees and things with girlfriends because this is where we're headed and we need somebody who's going to tell us the truth in the process and Emily is your girl. Y'all be sure to tag us when you share on social. If you would subscribe, even if you would leave a review, even just a one-liner like this show is awesome, it means the world to us as podcasters and we can't wait to see where this continues to grow and go. So let's gather in growth. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, all right. I am so excited for the show today, y'all. We have a new friend in the house that I know you are just going to be so blessed by. And just your light and energy, Emily, just brings such a calming radiance to like spaces. I love following you on social. I love hearing your story and how you share, and especially even your podcast. And so 
we'll give you like a formal intro off. But right now, I just want you to share like who you are, where you come from, why you say yes to living this life out loud like you do. I'm so excited for you to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. Your intro made me feel so fancy and welcome. So thank you for that. My name is Emily Russell. Um, we live out here at my husband's family farm in West Central Illinois. I did not grow up in agriculture, but found myself a farmer and farms don't move. So people do. And interestingly enough, um, you know, making that choice to say yes to him and to the farm has led me to the work that I'm doing today. I certainly never sought out to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't one of those people that's like, I was slinging lemonade and making <laughs> like that was never part of my story. I am a teacher by trade. I started as an elementary school teacher. I taught fourth grade for five years um, before totally on a leap of faith, I stepped into the unknown for a position at our local YMCA. Um, I was hired as the director of youth and family development, which was totally within my wheelhouse, summer camp, after school, special events. Right. So good. It was there that I was really thrown into understanding the ins and outs of business and professional development and personal development. And it really opened my eyes to, wow, if I can do this, like what else can I do? There's the world is so much bigger than I ever gave myself credit for or that I ever thought was possible. So to make a long story short, four years at the Y, um, again, took a total leap of faith into the unknown, into entrepreneurship. I'm, gosh, a year and almost a year and a half into it. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, facilitate masterminds, host retreats, have a podcast. And really the, the heart of it is serving women from rural communities like the ones I live in. Um, we technically live in a town of 50. We're not in town. We're like in the country. Oh um, my else is, is cornfield. <laughs> exactly the way we like it. Um, but as I started my entrepreneurial journey, I just kept seeing this need for, for women like me who were interested in their personal and professional growth, but felt so isolated where they lived. I think oftentimes the women I work with feel like, oh gosh, no one, no one around here gets me. Like I'm the only one in my small town who has these big dreams or sees an alternate version for my life than what I ever thought was possible. So basically I bring those women together and then Together, we build the habits and the, the plans and the confidence to fully step into these lives that we love. It's so good. And, and the cool thing is, is like the element of the farm is like something. Oh, you're frozen. I've watched her like adopt goats and pigs and chickens and uh, horses and all the things that you could possibly imagine she's adopting mm -hmm. and now owning. And I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? She's chasing pigs around her house and the ducks on her farm. And I feel overwhelmed for her and I'm not even on the farm. Mm -hmm. And now as she's coming to like rhythm of it, Mm -hmm. I've watched the joy that it's brought her family and the peace that it's brought her. And so I would love to hear like, cause I know that there's this whole pull towards mm -hmm. coming back to the land, coming back to that farm, coming actually less about going bigger and, and creating the business and more about like, how can we make this small business that much more vibrant? Yeah. I missed the first part of, of what you said because we cut out for a second, but I think I got the gist. Okay. Um, okay. I think that there's this, this narrative that so many of us, 
either were told directly or internalized in small towns. And in order to chase the dream, in order to do big things, to have been a big impact, we have to leave these communities that we love and go to the city or, you know, chase where the opportunities are. And I think if there's anything the last three years have taught us is that we can build the life that we want exactly where we're at. And I think that especially being in agriculture or just living, you know, if I could turn my computer around and show you, like all I see is green. Like that's the life I always dreamed of, of having my kids running around in the backyard or hopping in and out of the tractor and being able to build these really fulfilling businesses that support the life that we want to have is such a beautiful intersection. And, you know, maybe it's not about having a bajillion Instagram followers or the six figure business or whatnot, but there are so many women I know that are replacing these incomes um, for, for jobs that they thought they had to have by doing things that really light them up and help them drive impact. Um, I that's what I know. Conversation like right in that space, because mm-hmm. we, I feel like since I was little, even you hear this all the time, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like five or 10 mm-hmm. or even 15. And you already feel like since, since kindergarten, mm-hmm. basically that you have to box yourself into an identity that you really know nothing about, right? It'd be like telling me as a beach girl, my sister, when she's a beach girl, like you're going to be a farmer. And she's like, what? What do you yeah. mean I'm going to be a farmer? But then something inside of us, I'm going to be a teacher. Something inside of us mm-hmm. starts to like, grab hold, not necessarily that we're meant to be that thing, but the affirmations that are given to us based on how other people respond when we tell them we're going to do that thing. Like whenever I hear kids are like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. You hear the response out of the adult's mouth. Oh, that's so great. And that affirmation is actually what drives you to become something you were never really meant to become. Not to say that God won't use it, not to say that it won't be a part of your testimony in the long run, but how talk to us about the identity changes mm. that you had to make between being a teacher, even working at YMCA, that's an identity shift to what you're doing now. Oh yeah. I think that was the, the hardest part of my transition from the classroom to um, working in the nonprofit space of like, who am I if I'm not a teacher? Here's this yeah. identity I've so tightly wrapped myself in. Everything about who I am was working towards being a teacher and being the best teacher I could be. And I was a great teacher and I did love it. But I remember a moment in my first year or so of teaching, my students have let, left for the day and I closed the door and I was like, is this, is this it? Like, this isn't what I, exactly what I thought it would be. And like I said, I was good at my job and I did love it. But I knew in that moment that there's something else for me. I couldn't pinpoint it yet. I couldn't even imagine a reality outside of what I knew. So, you know, as, as we do, we shove that down and keep working harder. You know, I'm an Enneagram three, like I'm going to be the best I possibly can be. But it was like, there were so many pieces of it made sense, but something in there didn't. So when I made a very impulse decision um, to apply interview and get a new career, basically, yeah. It was like I was packing up my classroom. I remember coming into my office and unpacking like boxes of school supplies. My boss is like, we can buy you a stapler. And I'm like, (laughs) and I remember that first day he asked me like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, well, two weeks ago, I thought I'd be teaching in the same classroom for literally the rest of my career. So I have no idea. Like, who am I outside of this identity? And the ironic part is, is that I'm still a teacher. I'm speaking, I'm coaching, I'm guiding conversations, I'm helping get people from where they are to want to be where they want to be, which is not that different than breaking down fractions for a fourth grade. (laughs) 
Um, like I've spoken to some local CEO programs, um, like entrepreneurship programs for yeah. high schools. And they're like, oh, do you wish you would have majored in business? And I'm like, absolutely not. Because yeah. everything that I learned along that journey set me up perfectly from what I'm doing right now. And I think that's where we, we really get stressed about what's the next step? What's the next right step? Like making the perfect choice, Good. especially at 18, as we're choosing yeah. colleges or choosing what comes next or picking our major. And so what I really encourage people to do is like, what's the next right step? Because, or what's just like the next best step? Because yeah. there's a million ways to get to where you're going to go. And you can't predict what that looks like because your journey is going to ebb and flow as you evolve. And I share that around business building all the time, right? Because you cannot take my blueprint. First off, I didn't, nobody gave me my blueprint, right? <laughs> that there was not, that's not a thing. Though you can surely be targeted um, to believe that that is true, whether it's a Facebook ad, an Instagram ad, the, the best business coach ever. And um, I, I really always am super transparent with people that like, I can give you ideas. Another coach could give you their exact blueprint, but mm -hmm. the timeline is going to be different. The yeah. circumstances are going to be different. Your on and off switch are different. The way mm -hmm. in which you're going to show up are different. There is nothing about any one situation that can be identical. It's exactly why the Lord was like, hey, have a relationship with me. Don't mm -hmm. go through a conduit who's going to tell you something that I said, because yeah. I might not say that to you. And mm -hmm. so I love like the personal revelation journey and the personal growth connected to us saying yes to stepping out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And that is for everything that we do. Getting married was stepping out of the boat. Having a kid was stepping out of the boat, maybe willingly, maybe unwillingly, right? There's so many features and facets, even choosing the right church for your family. Mm -hmm. So as you're like helping support people in this journey, mm -hmm. knowing that it's not really a blueprint, but that you're... Mm -hmm. A lot of encouraging like necessities, especially mindset you mentioned briefly. What are your some of your favorite things to teach and that you see the most transformation in? Yeah, I love that you asked this question because I, I think it's easy to look and see what other people are doing or have people tell you, you know, do this, do that. And I don't see myself ever being like, here are the 10 steps to get to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because everyone's journeys are so unique. So I never want you to copy and paste what I did into your life because your background's different, your goals are different, your family's different, your circumstances different. And so what I feel so strongly about is just guiding people along their own journey and asking the right questions and giving them the tools and the community and the support to listen to themselves. And, you know, we all have the answers within ourselves, whether you call it your intuition or our connection with, with God or, or whatnot, like the more we can the more that we can listen, the more we already have the answers. Like you don't need someone else's 10 step program. You might need someone to help pull it out of you or the right. community to pose, you know, have you thought about it this way? Or have, do you notice that this is holding you back? Or have you seen this opportunity? But ultimately the journey is so unique. And so that's why I love, you know, the, the masterminds and the retreats and those things that I've created because they're about getting you along your own journey. Yeah. You know, it's helping you get clear on what you want and what makes sense for you and your family and your life and your community. Have you done retreats on your farm yet? 
Not yet. Not yet. Something like where do you usually go to a location and bring everyone there? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So my first retreat was in Destin, Florida, which was great. Nice. We were on the beach, palm trees. Of course. Um, and then my second retreat is coming up this March, and there was a, a high demand for let's make it somewhere we can all drive in the Midwest. So we're going to Branson, Missouri. Cool. So oh, yeah, so maybe someday out on the farm, but. You know, I also wanted to make it really accessible. Um, right. A lot of the women that are coming are coming from rural communities across the country and even Canada. And so it takes me two and a half hours to get to the closest major airport. I want to make it as easy as possible yeah. once you fly in. That's smart. That's really smart. And I think just processing all of these people, because like people think of rural America, though it's huge, mm -hmm. that that population isn't very big, but it's mm -hmm. a massive population. And mm -hmm. so when you started saying like, these, the, I don't really love to niche down or like talk about target audience, but there is specifically a target audience in what you're doing. Just like mm -hmm. I really speak into the faith-based entrepreneurial target. Right. How did, how did you know that like, I want to speak to these moms is just because that's the lifestyle you were leading mm -hmm. and you felt most relatable to, and mm -hmm. was it easy to connect with them? Like was it hashtag building? What was it that brought you connected to them? Yeah, well, I would say the idea of who I wanted to connect with came well before I ever decided to to be an entrepreneur and make this a business. Cool. So basically, I had worked walked through my own health and personal growth journey. Um, I was six months postpartum with my daughter, had literally went back to work with um, after my maternity leave, like the first day of staff training for summer camp. So I'm working like 60 hour weeks, pumping like eight times a day. I got a hundred campers, 15 staff. So 12 weeks of that. And I was like, I am depleted in every sense of the term. I have no energy. I'm borderline angry half the time. So I started this, this whole health journey that was just, I knew how to be different than any other way I had approached health in the past. Like, I don't care what size I am. Like, I'm not going to elliptical myself a certain way or whatever. Like, I just want to feel better. And so anyway, about six months into that journey, I had started following all these great personal growth, personal development resources. I was active in all these Facebook groups um, and feeling so inspired. And around the same time, I had started following and connecting with all of these kind of like farm wife, farm moms, rural women, you know, groups or accounts. And I remember... <laughs> driving home at sunset. Okay. Right. So cliche. Oh, but I'm like, There's no one, at least at that time, who was talking about the intersection between the two. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't be the only woman who lives in the middle of nowhere, who likes reading personal development books and nerds out over podcasts and is like talking about running a half marathon or gentle yeah. parenting or whatever. I'm like, so why not me? And yeah. so I just started an Instagram account. Like, I want to talk about all these things that I like and also what that looks like living on the farm and just kind of share my life and our story. And turns out I wasn't the only one. And so I was building connections and, you know, creating content and building this community. And then it wasn't until a little over a year later that someone was like, you're already kind of running a business, but you're not running a business. Like you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. And again, it was that moment of who am I to, you know what, why not me? And gosh, not to say it was easy. There's certainly a lot of ups and downs along the way of figuring out what it looks like to be an entrepreneur when you never saw that as your path. But, you know, when you're so rooted in your purpose and you see the, the impact that it has and the lives that can be changed by saying yes to your calling, even when it's scary, um, 
you know, that's what I feel like has propelled me forward over the past year and a half or so of just, you know, the greater mission of this isn't about me. (laughs) It's so good. And it's so true. And I think community leaders or thought leaders as a whole, especially when we're pulling from this well of knowledge that's being cultivated around our own journeys. I mean, the personal help, self-help, that whole space um, is really an invitation for us to get better enough, right? So that we can be that one step ahead and we can be one page ahead and we can help bring other people into the experience. I mean, that is the invitation of life. It's the invitation of Jesus. He's like, just come where you are, right? And so as you've had an opportunity, I know for me, for podcasting, it's been just such a joy, just such a pleasure, just like having you here right now. When you're speaking with these people on your podcast and on your show, what has been like one of your favorite things about it? And knowing that you actually have a business that's talking and bringing people together. Like it's so like mind boggling that we get to, it's so simple and it's so fun. It's what girls do best. Like, come on, let's have a girls weekend. Yeah. Let's a treat. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to make some money along the way, but I'm going to serve you at a whole nother capacity. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day because I was definitely the uh, talks too much on the report card <laughs> in person. And I'm like, wow, people listen to me talk on purpose. Like, this <laughs> and I'm not getting in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think just the coolest thing has been, again, that moment of like, this is so much bigger than me. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, and especially in developing a personal brand, we get so in our own head of what this needs to look like. Oh, I have to have it set up on this platform or else it's not good enough. Or I have to create this kind of content or I have to do this thing. And, you know, we kind of spiral out (laughs) on all of the to-dos. And um, I was listening to my good friend, um, Caitlin Henderson, talk last week. And she was delivering a keynote and she was talking about, like, our callings are never about us. When we're doing something purposeful that we know is meant for us, like it's the impact that matters. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's like all of that other stuff is logistics. And so I think just the moments, whether it's, you know, a conversation or a voice memo or a message or getting to meet someone in person who connects with the podcast or took some really big action in their life based on an experience that they had that I had a part in facilitating. It's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Like how freaking mind-blowingly cool is it that not only do I get to do this work, but like I said, yes. Yeah. Because I think I could have just as easily been like, ah, no, that's, that's for someone else. That's not for me. I can't do that. I don't know how. Um, And I could have put my nose down and continue to do the work that I was doing that I was good at. I could have done that. And still making a massive impact, right? Like I think Sometimes, especially with my friends who who aren't entrepreneurs, and I would never say that they didn't ever have an idea to be an entrepreneur. They just, again, haven't necessarily stepped into that. They're phenomenal teachers. They're amazing nurses. We need those people. Mm-hmm. But it's like that if there's that thing that just keeps speaking to you and there's that why not me and we don't ever come face to face in that mirror of being like, okay, I'm tired of just thinking about this. And I know women who are in their 50s, in their 60s, who are ready to finally say yes now. So what a joy that we did it early. But I do know that I think a huge portion of why they never did it is because they didn't have access to the self-help mm-hmm. industry. 
They didn't mm-hmm. have access to emotional well-being or mm-hmm. mental health conversations or even the exposure and the conversations that we're having around our faith these days. They just truly were told not to speak. And so this past weekend, I was at an amazing conference and it was all about getting your roar back. And I was like talking about, you know, it's not getting your sexy back like JT. It's not getting your groove back like Stella. Like, what does the Lord say about our personal roars as women? And really, regardless of what they do or how they do it, entrepreneurship aside, that's ultimately what we're called to do is to speak out, to testify, to roar louder over the things we're passionate about. Talk to me about like that exploration and journey with either the people that are in your community or even as you're sharing with yourself, like what, what were some of the keynote pieces of, of personal growth that you were like, whoa, this is revelatory. I've got to share this. Yeah, I think that, you know, in, in terms specifically of, of the community of women that are around me, it's like, like you said, for a very long time, this, this stepping outside of the box or outside the lines wasn't modeled for yeah. for us. And so no matter where you live, being the first one to do something feels scary. Um, that whether it's the first in your in your community or in your town or in your social circle, that feels really vulnerable and really intimidating. And oftentimes the people closest to us are the least supportive, whether intentionally or not, because sometimes it's just purely out of love and safety. Oh, well, if you do that, what about this? And they have good intentions, but they're really fear driven. Yeah. And so, you know, having the the confidence in the, yes, I can do this, even if I'm the first person that I've ever known within a however many mile radius, and it is going to work. And sure, I might might stumble along the way, but like I'm so rooted in my purpose and in what I'm being called towards that I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's magnified in small towns, that concept of, oh, what are they going to think? What if people see me fail? Like, you know, oh, I don't want to be the, the topic of gossip or, or whatever. Yes. And, it, yes. and it's all real. It's, yeah. it's scary. But yeah. I think the, the more that we build that confidence and surround ourselves with the right kind of people, the like-minded community, the women who are also saying yes, can be so powerful in stepping into whatever that looks like. I don't, whether it's entrepreneurship or fundraising for a playground or starting a nonprofit or, you know, even just getting really clear on what you want and deciding it's the right choice for you to have chickens and homeschool your family. Like the big dream, the big goal, the thing that you're working towards is so uniquely you. And that's one thing that I I'm so passionate about talking about because sometimes when we're even talking about these big goals, big dreams, we copy and paste what that looks like for someone else and feel like we should. And it's like, well, no, like your big goal and dream, it doesn't have to be running a marathon or climbing Everest if you want it to be great. But like, what do you want? Yeah. What are you called to? What makes sense for your family? Well, and I think a big element of that is taking the time out to do it. And Mm -hmm. I would love to just be a week on the farm because I know it's probably drastically different than the pace in which we live here. Mm -hmm. And knowing that there's, that's one of the reasons that I take women on retreats as well is just knowing like, let's just take a pause from all the things that you have curated in your schedule as have tos and look to the opportunity to what you get to do every day. Mm -hmm. And especially when you get to do it without managing a household, Mm -hmm. without, cooking meals without having to worry about any of those other things, that space, which was 
gifted towards towards me in like the darkest season of my life. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I was able to take a time out from career for three years and just be with my kids, though it was a massive identity crisis, though I felt like complete scum. I felt so much shame around that choice mm-hmm. at, that was kind of forced at the same time. Had I not had that space when my husband asked me the question, what are you passionate about? I would have never had the time to answer mm-hmm. that question. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't know because we don't have the space to figure it out. Yeah. Or we're so disconnected from the things that brought us joy before the world told us what we should yeah. be doing. Yes. Especially knowing as women, like there seems to be this caretaker role or this expectation of femininity connected to that role. And it is all a blessing. And there is a beautiful asset to that. But just because we have big dreams or just because the aspirations might mirror what someone is doing in the corporate arena or the entrepreneurial arena or even the farm life, right? Like there are are amazing female farmers and that's not something you like in your brain put a picture to, but (laughs) it's real. And so I encourage that like out of the box experience specifically associated to play, because I think that's where the childlike imagination comes in is what did you used to do when you were little? What did you love to do? What evokes life when you do it now, but you just never take the time to do it? Right, right. It's like reconnecting with who you were, yes. discovering who you are, and defining who you want to be. Yeah, that's great. And so simply put, right? It doesn't have to be so magnificently complex, which right. is what a lot of people do. Right. Because again, we put so much pressure on ourselves of like finding the right passion. Well, I think our passions grow and evolve and change. Like I was really passionate about teaching. I was really, really passionate about the work that I was doing at the Y. And now I'm passionate about what I'm doing now. And, you know, there's always been a through line of service and impact and and creating change and helping people. But it's it's manifested in different ways based on where I'm at in that season, the information that I have and the opportunities on the table. So again, like what, what brings you joy right now and, and follow that? Yeah. And let's chat too, because there's a lot to manage on a farm. There's a lot to manage raising a family on a farm. How have you, you know, this concept of mompreneurship is everywhere. And honestly, years ago, I was really, I dove into it deep because my kids were smaller. Now they're eight and nine. I don't really feel like I'm in the throes, even though I'm clearly still in the throes of motherhood. I'm not changing diapers. They can go downstairs and get a snack. Like it doesn't feel the same, but now it's more of a time and energy effectiveness. How do you, how do you like focus on that or not focus on it and let it be? And how are your kids managing in the process? Cause it's new for them. Yeah. And that's, I feel like a, a hard lesson I had to learn over and over and <laughs> over again in the classroom. And when I was in the nonprofit space, cause I'm an all in kind of person. Yeah. Like, I see the vision. I see the goal. I'm so passionate. Like I'm going to pour myself into it. And that led to pretty extreme burnout in both situations. Um, You know, as a teacher, I mostly didn't have kids at the time that I was doing that. I was pregnant with my first in my last year of teaching, but you know, like it impacted other parts of my life. And I was in the season of like early career. So that's what you do. But I also wonder if knowing what I know now and knowing what I know about boundaries and how to take care of my physical, mental, and emotional health, if I hadn't reached that burnout in teaching, if I had been putting in the practices I have in my life now, which again, (laughs) rinse and repeat, did the same thing at the Y. And so I think that I've been really intentional in the work that I'm doing now of 
when it's work time, it's work time. And when my kids are home, it's family time. And of course, there are some times that that crosses over. Like the joy of being an entrepreneur is I can block out the day for my kids' Valentine's Day parties. Like how freaking cool. And like today, I just relaunched my mastermind offerings. And so there was a couple hours of work I had to do yesterday. And sure, I don't always prefer for it to be that way, but that's just kind of the way it worked. But overall, I have a lot more healthy understanding of how much energy I can dictate and like how much is necessarily worth my time when other things are important. Even last year, I accomplished every single thing I set out to do last year. And I'm very proud of that, but I also really hit a level of, wow, that was too much. That was too much all at once. Like I didn't have the awareness of how much time or energy certain things were going to take. And then everything happened in like one month. And I'm like, yep, I can't (laughs) do that again. Like, I'm so glad it did because it got me to where I am now. But approaching this year, I have a different level of awareness of, okay, what do I want to do? Because whatever I speak out loud, I'm going to make happen. Yeah. I want to enjoy my business. I want to be doing meaningful work. I want to help people, but I also don't want to lose myself or my family in the process. Yeah. And so I'm a lot more mindful now of, okay, when are certain projects going to line up? That's not my natural tendency. I got ADHD and I'm an Enneagram three. I have an idea. I want to make it happen yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go all in until it happens. But I'm like, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And like, what am, what am I, what am I actually chasing? Am I chasing the bajillion dollar business or do I want to have a business that supports the life that I love? Well, it's the latter. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, and as you're talking, the thing that like comes to mind is understanding of like boundaries you mentioned, emotional health, mental health connected to that, the physical well being of self. These are not like separate entities to who we are. It's happening all at once, Mm -hmm. all the time. I can't say I'm going to be in a season of really like going hard after my workouts. And then the next season when I'm working really hard, I just will forget that. Mm -hmm. I'll just do the body stuff for this quarter of my life. It's like farming, I'm sure in some sense. It's like you can't just do it for a specific time. Like, yeah, you're looking towards the harvest, but there are things to do every Mm -hmm. single season. And so if you were to like depict that, especially after going through your own health burnout elements, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you're like, these are non-negotiables. They're in my rhythm of life. They're in my rhythm of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and I don't not do them. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because once I, at the end of last year, when kind of everything just came to everything happening at once, that's the first thing that fell off was, um, you know, the way I was taking care of my health, which was something that had been such a priority for me for over two years. It's like how I got into the work that I'm doing, um, which is also an interesting paradigm when like, that's so yeah, true. The, the thing you're encouraging other people to do. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been actively rebuilding that of moving my body every day where, you know, in some way it doesn't have to look a certain way necessarily, but prioritizing that, prioritizing a gratitude practice, um, you know, continuing to do the work in therapy, just, you know, making sure that I'm really taking care of me. Because like you said, you can only sprint so far in work if you're not taking care of like (laughs) your body, yourself and your family. So um, definitely, like I said, keeping those boundaries between like work and family. Um, you know, I've had so many people ask to do masterminds in the evening and I'm like, I would love to, I know 
they would fill in a minute and a half, but that's my family time. Yeah. Um, so just being really aware of where's my energy, how is my time being spent, which I'm by far not perfect at. Um, and really, you know, practicing what I preach and taking care of my physical, mental, and emotional health alongside growing my business. All right, we've got some news for you. We don't just come together to talk at one another. We also worship alongside one another. And our brother Jay, who is a part of this incredible movement, is also a vocal artist. And he's dropping a new song, or it's dropped by now. It's called Glory by Revival Music Co. And Jay is the lead singer, the vocalist, the one of the authors of the song. And when I asked him about it, he said the intention was to purify and declare a space for the Lord to move. And that's ultimately what the heart of the Founder Collective is. It's to create spaces, especially for founders who are doing the Lord's work every single day and founded in Him. And there's this like dichotomy of being in the world and of the world every single minute of every single day. And when you get a part of this song, when you're immersed in it and you recognize the holy ground in which we stand and the holy ground in which the Lord wants to have an encounter, supernatural encounter with you, it changes everything that you do and how you see the world and what your message is and how you're on mission every single day. So all of that to say, you've got to come to FounderCon because you get to experience Jay worshiping alongside you and just the sound of heaven that resonates in these conferences are incredible. But more so today, right now, download the Glory Song by Revival Music Company by Jay Stallings, Joseph Stallings. It's going to blow your mind, maybe wreck you a little bit. So be in a heart set to receive and a heart set to just thank the Lord, glorify Him. Glory, glory, glory to the Lord God Almighty. All right, y'all, back to the show. And I'm curious as you're talking about that, because obviously relational health, therapy, those are like trigger words for me to be like, husband, 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 right? Like, yeah. I, I know that like I can get really honed in on making sure I'm being a really good mom, making sure my business is staying afloat, all the people that are on my pay, payroll, making sure their families and everyone is good. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I fall asleep next to this man. I wake up next to this man. I promised we would have date night. And as an Enneagram, shared Enneagram three, I feel that so much where I'm like, babe, do you mind? And he knows me and he knows that I love him. And I don't have to be like right with him all the time. But I, I'm curious, like, where has your marriage been? How has your husband been either in support or curious or like a little fearful over this entire experience? Mm, that is such a good question. Well, I would say as far as the support piece, like he was actually the first one to be like, I think you've really got something here. And I think that you should take a chance on yourself and step into it. So I will say from the get go, as far as like what entrepreneurship looks like, he has been more than my number one fan. Um, but I think if you look at the trajectory of what my personal growth journey would, would look like, you know, for many years, it was like, oh, yeah, that, that's Emily's thing, like whatnot. And of course, there's I think anytime you're on a personal growth journey or even in entrepreneurship, there's that element of like fear of like, is my is my person going to outgrow me? Like they're growing and they're changing and they're having so many realizations like what's this going to mean for us? And we definitely, you know, had some of those conversations and navigated through that. Um and I know that's so universal for, for so many of the women I've talked to is like, I'm so in this, I'm seeing these possibilities. I have this vision. Like, how do I get my husband on board? Or I'm taking care of my health. I'm making all of these changes. How do I make him do it? And the reality is you can't make anyone do anything. Right. You can lead by example and you can invite them into the conversation. Um, but it really took, oh gosh, it was not even a year ago. 
I remember my husband sent me like a Marco Polo message and he was like, I get it. And I'm like, you get what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And he was like this whole personal development, personal growth wow. world. Like, I think I get where you're going with this and wow. I want to know more. Like, where do I start? I'm like, well, oh, again, not mine, but uh, I can't give you a 10 step process. And he's like, well, just try. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, this book might be a good place to start. But again, it's personal. Yeah. So I will give That's him true. so much credit of like the past year. He's really started to take a look at himself and what are, you know, some of those things from maybe his childhood or his upbringing that are still affecting him today? And what habits is he having that's supporting his health? You know, he's had some different things happen and is having to start to look at like, okay, what's worked in the past might not work for me going yeah. forward. Like, what do I need to change to be healthy for my kids and our family? Like, how do I feel better? Um, and it was just, a oh, I don't know, in January, we went away for like our own retreat weekend where I actually walked him through one of the workshops that I facilitate at my retreat to wow, like, you know, cool. setting. and it was so good for us to do that together. You know, and when you're, when you're engaged and you're thinking about getting married, I think there's a lot of that, Oh, our dream life. And we're going to make all these things happen. But then somehow between careers and kids and diapers and just so much, you like yeah. lose that connection of dreaming together and being intentional um, and so I will say over the past couple of months, like our relationship has really strengthened the more that like we've come together because there was a few years, like it's rough when you're in the thick of babies and toddlers, yeah. like everyone is in survival mode. And I yeah. think at the time it's hard to recognize this is temporary, right? Like, oh my gosh. And yeah. so once we kind of felt like we were coming out on the other side of that, it was like, oh, like we're able to come back together. But also, what does that look like? Because we've both each individually changed so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I will definitely say we have been working through that and are in the best place right now that we have been for a long time. Well, there's so much beauty to that evolution and transparency. Mm -hmm. for, so thanks for sharing. And right. thanks to your hubby for, or for being uh, our muse for the moment. <laughs> but the understanding of like that integration is so critical mm -hmm for us to actually show up and be the best versions of ourselves, because it's a huge, you know, it's a huge component. It's our covenant. Right. And I think whenever I'm doing something or even vice versa for my husband, there can be that separateness where we can go days and I won't have actually known what he did at work or any conversation that he had with a mutual friend. And then he'll like on a whim, say something. I'm like, I didn't even know you saw that person. Right. Like, Why don't you tell me? And you're like, I didn't think about it. And yeah. so it's like this knowing that we're both living these separate lives, but there's synchronicity to them mm -hmm. and to explore and have those conversations and be intentional with that time is so necessary. I think one of the biggest things that I hear, not only in the entrepreneurial space, but just from women as a whole is, mm -hmm. is this faith conversation of feeling like we invest more one, because we tend to read my guys are not as much as least the guys that I know are not as much readers. Right. And so it, they are always in this place of, well, I'm, we're on this physical journey together. Check. We're on this emotional journey. Sure. Personal growth. Awesome. But when it comes to like my faith, I can't get them on the same page. They don't mm -hmm. even sometimes believe at all. Like there's no element do you guys ever unpack that from a spiritual lens? And mm. is there any additional, like, other than lead by example, like, yeah. invitations that could take place? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, is a is a parallel conversation to to any area where you're growing and discovering yourself. Um, and that just like the invitation to do it together, you know, if and this is just general, like human nature, if I'm like, here's what I believe, here's what I think, here's what I'm doing that's working, you should do it too. Like, we naturally get defensive because yeah, I think about like, I'm right, you're wrong, you need to do this or I don't like you good whether you're talking about habits or faith or whatever and so you know I think that that's such a beautiful conversation of like here's what I'm learning here's how I'm growing here's how I'm seeing the world here's what's working really well for me or here's what I'm doing for us or for our relationship for our family like what do you think like and like kind of prompting that conversation to guide them along their own journey is so much more beneficial than do this like be this, change this. Um, and I think sometimes it can be even as effective of, hey, here's this podcast that really got me thinking. Here's a specific episode. I'd love to talk about it together and just inviting the conversation more so than coming at it with like, I'm going to elicit change on you because I think you're wrong. That's so, so good. And you kind of mentioned even from the time zone perspective of what you guys have evolved through there, that, that commonality of like the seven year itch and knowing that we like really change in that time frame, not just like uh, figuratively change. We, our body composition change, literally we change in that duration of time. And so to know that it can be, it can actually be fun. It could yeah. be like you're dating all over again uh, and going like, what are you into right now? What are you like, what's sparking your passion? And this is the same thing connected to what we were originally talking about, coaching just women and, and even yeah. making new friends. This mm-hmm. age is like a really different thing to do unless we're podcasting because it's super easy to make new friends <laughs> podcasting. But like, like you don't go out to restaurants and really make new friends. Even making yeah. friends in church is, is a little difficult because we're all just like doing the thing, right? And so yeah. creating community is something that you seem to be really good at and you're inviting people into that space without mm-hmm. a qualm, without a judgment, without, mm-hmm. you don't have to look like me, talk like me, walk like me, but come hang out and let's learn from one another. What are some of the things you've learned from your community that you didn't expect to learn as mm-hmm. you've kind of invested in other people? Yeah, I think one thing, and I like almost get emotional every time I talk about it is the, the biggest thing that masterminds and retreats has shown me is, again, how much bigger it is than me. Like, there will be like a seemingly random group of people who come together. And I, I couldn't have never handpicked them myself and done it so well. And there's this moment of like, oh, gosh, what's this going to look like? And then within, with no exaggeration, within the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, there's kind of this moment where everyone's like, oh. And it's different with every group. So it sounds so cliche or woo-woo or whatever, but it's like, I know that that women are called to something to be together for a very specific reason. And it's far bigger than I could have ever predicted or orchestrated. So I think that it has taught me so much about like, um, like letting things happen and knowing that it's all going to work out. And it's more than I can understand. And the more I try to like... <laughs> have control over the situation, the harder it's going to be. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. And every group is so different. And each person who comes into 
you know, the community in their own way. It's like it, everyone's there in different in different seasons, in different parts of life. But it's like we're all in this space together for a very specific reason that sometimes we can't even put our finger on. Like the number of women who are like, I actually don't know why I signed up for this. I just heard about it. And I felt this like tug in my gut that I needed to be yep. there. So I signed up. What? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's been like the greatest exercise of faith for me of just of knowing that there's something much bigger at work that's bringing people to these opportunities and ultimately to each other. And it just goes to show you because it's it's not something that you need hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. to get into. One, to be whatever your version of successful is, to actually have fluidity in your business or um, even wealth associated to that, right? Wealth could be money or wealth could also be the fruits of the spirit. And what people bring into any community is so much more rich than than what a dollar sign could ever provide. One, they're investing their time, which is more valuable than their money, right? It's like their energy is coming to this space. And I feel the exact same way. Sometimes I can even get stuck in the numbers. We just had our retreat and we've had, I guess, five retreats over the last three and a half, four years. And this past one was one of the smallest that we've had. And I caught so much in my head, like, why is nobody coming? And yes. questions of, you know, was it the bad timing because of recession? And should I not have done it? Did I not advertise well enough? Like, what is this, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lord always brings me back to this idea of intimacy. Like, would mm-hmm. you do it for one? I did it for you. Would you do it for one? And my answer is always yes, even though I kick and scream sometimes. Yeah. And we got into this space and I knew almost instantly, again, one of those like intuitive like reads and also those aha moments that you have where you are like, wow, this person could have never opened up if there mm-hmm. was 15 more yes. years. That would yeah. have never happened. They would have stayed in the corner mm-hmm. or they would have stayed in that role that they play and they would have never been able to release. And so yeah. If it's worth it for the one because it was worth it for you, are you willing to say yes obediently, mm-hmm. even knowing that it's not this massive turnout or you mm-hmm. didn't hit the goal number that you anticipated? Um, right. I just encourage everyone mm-hmm. to say yes anyway, because I realized even after I wrote my book that the reason that I was supposed to write my book, if not one person bought, was for me. Yes. And so sometimes we're the one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, like you said, we get so caught up in, in the metrics or the numbers or watching what someone else is doing or comparing to something we did in the past or where yeah. we think we should be. And it's like, well, what's the intention? Yeah. Like what 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 was your really your purpose in this? And if those however many people were there fills that purpose, then everything else was not about the intention. Yeah. It was getting caught up in these other things that we feel like are priorities, but really distract us from what matters the most. So good. So, so good. Emily, I know you said you just launched your new mastermind. You've got your incredible podcast. I want everybody to go listen. Make sure you get it, subscribe to it, do the review, all the things. It's called Gather and Growth. (laughs) Gather and Growth. But tell us, like, is there any other way? Um, Obviously, the mastermind being one of those, and we'll drop the link for the people listening what the retreats coming up in two weeks. So whether somebody like pounces to do that now, because we've got some live viewers on with us or not. Your website is a place to go. What's your favorite social media that people can connect? Mm. With? I think I'm the most active on Instagram. Okay. Facebook is like Instagram kicked over. For sure, Instagram is my main platform. Um, but really, I love the work we're doing on the podcast. Like I said, yeah. like, or like you said, it's gathering growth. So it's all about personal and professional growth. 
and specifically talk to rural women because that's who I am and who I really feel called to serve. But I have so many gals from across the country, like living in the middle of the city, they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about sometimes, but I love learning about agriculture through you, which I think is so cool. Is like cool. Here I have this opportunity to share with people who might never, you know, have the opportunity to know something about where their food comes from. And I get to show what it looks like to be a modern family in agriculture while also like talking about things I'm so passionate about. So Please, absolutely. You don't have to live on a farm to listen to my podcast. No, you don't. And it's funny because so many of my friends, especially knowing what's happening in the food industry, what's happening in the pharma industry, this is a huge call for them to like go deeper. Where's the source of my food? Just like we say, where's the source of my trauma? What's the root of my trauma? (laughs) And it's critical that we get to that place. I was just with a girlfriend the other day who's on our team and she's like, I'm getting bees. My neighbor okayed that I could get bees. I'm getting a chicken coop. I'm I'm going all after this. I just planted grapes. I'm like, that's awesome. Right. And we live in the middle of the city and there's more and more people doing that. Mm -hmm. If not thinking about, okay, what does a communal farm look like? Or how can I get, like, we live a lot next to a ton of farmland. We can literally ride our golf cart to go and get it right off the stand. Yeah. Why are we, why are more people like leaning into that and the mm-hmm. importance of leaning into it, uh, especially not really knowing everything that's in our food these days? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the best people to hear the stories from are from the people who are in the thick of it. Right now, it's a hard time to get information because everyone wants you to know what, what they know and what to hear. And there's some things that are rooted, rooted in truth. And there's some things that you're like, is that true? Is that not? So um, I really encourage, you know, I, gosh, I'm connected to so many incredible. Wow. (laughs) I got you. So many incredible women in the agricultural space who are just really sharing what their, their family looks like, what their story looks like, sharing the story of how their food has grown and, I think, you know, hearing it straight from the source is so powerful. That's really cool. Do you, do you guys have like women agricultural conferences? Is that like a thing? Yeah, that's the, that's the bulk of where I speak as women in agriculture conferences. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm so curious. I've got to get you in touch with my, my sister now, because that's what she's doing. And it's hilarious to watch. And I love to live vicariously through her. She just had Two new um, lambs were born, at, well, three technically, and she lost one. Mm-hmm. And it was such a wild thing to like witness and he- like hold space for her for. I'm like, oh, like you lost a lamb. Like that's really sad. And then to hear how the mom responded. And it's, it's so intriguing to me because it's so unlike Charlotte's web. <laughs> it's just so unlike yeah. Charlotte's well, web. That's how disconnected the majority of our population is from where their food has come from. Yeah. And I'm equally as guilty. I did not grow up in agriculture. I thought I understood. I had never been in a tractor until I met my husband. Like yeah. I actually had no understanding, even though I was in a smaller town that was surrounded by farmland. Yeah. I had no clue. And that's where most people are at right now. So I love that the past, I will say three years has really sparked an interest in, wait, like we are a couple generations removed from understanding basic life skills. And so I love that, you know, through, through my community and the platform that I have that 
I get to show one little piece of that. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And like I said, I really believe that people are coming back into that. Mm-hmm. People moving to get bigger land, people sitting and creating their own veggie garden. And yeah. it's necessary. Sometimes people can think farmland and like me and I'm like, oh, that's too big. I don't want a tractor. Yeah. If somebody could come cut my yard, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I do love having vegetables right out of my mm-hmm. garden. And so I'm excited to see that there's a spectrum, right? And to know that you're serving the population of those conversations Mm because it's only going to get more wild. It's only going to get more intense and more necessary for us to have this information and this wisdom. Mm -hmm. And like you said, connected to true truth um, rather than just the chaos that can be created and cultivated based on little white lies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing I've learned, especially in the work that I'm doing and the connections that I have of just like the expanse of what this whole industry looks like, you know, even moving back to the farm and and starting to understand our operation gave me like a micro dose of, of this industry. And I understood what we did. Um, But what's been so interesting and just, again, something I could have never predicted is how much I understand about the industry as a whole now because I'm directly, you know, connecting with the women who are at the heart of it. So it's brought so much to the conversations my husband and I are having. And there's even been a few moments of like, I know people well, like I have their phone number in my phone. He's like, wait, you know them? Like they're kind of, they like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I never, never would have predicted that our worlds would intersect in this way. That's so cool. And that's just a whole nother, you know, marital, like just bliss. So I love, I love the evolution. I love that the Lord, like, literally was like, yep, do this. Uh, and you obeyed. And it took some time, but what was being built in the process is so sweet and so necessary. And it's just going to continue to affect such change. I can I have so many people in my brain. I'm like, I've got to get her and connect with this person. <laughs> I have a girlfriend who does like biodynamic um, farming here locally. And I actually did biodynamic wine selling for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I just love learning about it. I just don't have my hands in it. And so there's, I just love that there's a spectrum and you are now my go-to teacher for all things agriculture. So <laughs> I'm super I, know, I will connect you with someone who knows yes. more. And that's the beauty yes. of, you know, that community over competition mentality is like, mm-hmm. I don't know everything. I don't know a lot of things about most things, but <laughs> I know someone who does. And so yeah, by all means to anyone who's listening to this now or in the future, if there's something that you're curious about, I'd love to chat more or connect you with someone who who can. So cool, man. I'm going to have to like clip this part into the forefront because this is a rich combo too. And I'm so grateful that we got to have it, Emily. Thank you for being here. And you guys for sure, again, Gather um, in Growth is her podcast and her mastermind just launched. Her retreats are probably epic. I have a feeling you've got a book coming. So when you're ready for a publisher, you know, I did, <laughs> I did declare that a couple weeks ago. I said it out loud on Instagram. So, you know, it's happening. Yeah. I just exactly. really, at the beginning of this year, I really had a hard time pinpointing exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to host multiple retreats this year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And like I said, I've been in the process of listening. Yeah. And I have this retreat coming up in March. I have, you know, this next mastermind session, but I'm like, I think I need to not step back, but also like focus on on something different. And I think that's a book, even though, gosh, talk about scary. I don't know how to write a book. I love it. Well, I do. So reach out. That's so good. And it's so cool because 
I really, my, again, different blueprint, different build, but podcast, I had my membership, my mastermind retreats. And in the midst of that, that was when I was feeling pulled to like cement this thing. And what does that look like? And to know I'm going to write plenty more I have already, but (laughs) one that is just connected to this entire story is going to really open up the minds and the hearts of people who are ready to step into their next season. So whatever the theme is, I just, I love it. I'm ready for gathering growth. Let's go as a book (laughs) published. (laughs) You're going to be an author. All right, y'all. Emily, thank you again. I love you so much. I am so grateful for this too. Thank you. Be in touch soon. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.